0: This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Penny. And I'm Bec. And
1: today we are getting a little bit philosophical. We're looking back into the past a little bit and we wanted to talk about if we had our time again, would we have learnt the languages that we chose? Um, How did we, did we even choose them? Because sometimes languages are chosen for us. Um, and, yeah, would we make some
0: different decisions? Beck, I think this is such a good topic and I've been thinking about this since we decided to record this this week um, because I think you're right. Languages are often chosen for us when we're kids, either by our school or our parents or by the country where we live and it's really interesting to look back and think if we were kids again if we were students again would we choose the languages we actually ended up studying you know
1: it's funny one of the first things that I thought about when um, when you proposed this topic Penny was actually I remembered when I was a kid I had lots of friends who had to do weekend language school like they had to do like Saturday Greek school or Saturday Italian school, and um, to varying degrees of success, I think from memory, most of them hated it, (laughs) Um, but it was, you know, they're, they're a good example of where people or kids clearly didn't have any choice in the languages that they were, well, the language maybe that they were learning at the time, it was very much made for
0: them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of my closest friends absolutely loved her Greek school experience, so maybe not everyone hated it, but (laughs) it probably depended, you know, where and when and how you um, approached it. Um, But definitely with this whole thinking about languages and language teaching and language learning in a school environment um, has got me thinking, you know, how how do kids feel when, you know, suddenly they rock up to school and they're like, you know, this year we're learning Indonesian. And it's just like, oh, okay. And it makes me think, well, how did I feel when I was a kid? And how how did you feel? Well, (laughs) it's interesting, isn't it? (laughs) I I think maybe that, you know, back then we just didn't think anything of it. We're just like, okay. But I do remember that... When I had the chance to choose to learn Japanese in high school, I reckon I was in maybe year seven or year eight, so 12 or 13, and we had the chance to choose to learn Japanese in an after-school class because they were trialling teaching Japanese at the school and they wanted some kids to kind of try it out. And I remember saying that, yes, I wanted to be part of this kind of program. So they having that choice in that language back then obviously was a good thing for me because I stuck with that Japanese language right through high school and even on to uni. Um, so it does make me think that if kids don't get a choice or don't necessarily choose the language that they're learning, what there's no incentive for them to kind of stick with it or feel connected to that language in any way.
1: Although there is something to be said, probably for that that connection developing over time too, because the more well, yes. exposure that you have to a language, um, you know, and if at first it isn't a choice because you're just a kid and you, you you know you don't even know that this language exists yet, um, but the yeah over time as 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 you realise more about the language and you have more exposure to it and you hear it more and you learn more about it, um, you know that connection I suppose can
0: can take on a life of its own. Can develop yeah hmm. for sure and also thinking back I mean what did I know about Japanese as a 12 year old anyway like why did I decide that I thought it would be a fun thing to do Japanese after school I mean it sounds pretty <laughs> you know <laughs> I
1: don't know like. I like you were a very motivated student Penny.
0: <laughs> no not at all but um, I think there must have been something that you know appealed and it'd be interesting you know wouldn't it be cool if we could go back in time and work out what that was tap into it and then you know here it is this is what you need to know kids <laughs> do
1: you think if when when your school decided to to do that little test run for Japanese if it had been another language would you still have picked it like if it had been Russian instead or something you know like would it would it have appealed to you in the same way
0: maybe not maybe there was something about Japanese that really did appeal because the school at the time was offering Indonesian and French and for some reason I got into my head that I didn't want to do Indonesian, which which I don't know where that came from because this might be one of the things looking back that, not that I regret, but that I think, oh, wouldn't it have been interesting if I actually had learned Indonesian because, you know, it would have been a really great language to learn um, considering I did have the opportunity to do it. Um So, and French was already offered at the school as well, but I had this, must have had this desire to give this Asian language with three different alphabets and Chinese characters a go. (laughs) A great challenge. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. (laughs) We've talked about your kind of French journey before on the podcast about how you learned French from a very young child through high school as well um, and into uni do you think looking back now that obviously you as such a small kid didn't choose to learn French it was part of your school curriculum and that was the language that you you learned that your connection to that language grew over time what do you think kind of kept you kept you into it? Yeah, so it definitely did.
1: I can tell you with certainty that I had absolutely no connection to French whatsoever when I was at primary school. <laughs> I hated it. I actually, I really did. I have a genuine memories of just hating French classes at the younger levels. Um, but I, I partly think that that's because I was a bit bored. Um, so we used to, you know, and I think lots of people can identify with this, you know, you kind of used to do the same vocabulary all the time. And, you know, every year it was just a repetition of colours and the weather days of the week. and days of the week <laughs> and items in the classroom and, you know, uh, those things which now, in fairness, I will never forget. But um, I, I think that I was I was a bit bored by it and I, I've mentioned this on the podcast too before but, like, when I got to Year 7 and they finally started introducing actually some grammar but some useful grammar, you know, like you could start piecing together some sentences, not just use some like wrote, learned sentences um, that you had, you know, learnt as part of songs or as part of short dialogues. This was like if you want to get creative with your sentences and start being able to improvise even slightly, um, you can now start to do that because you're learning the actual structure of the language in addition to vocabulary. So I definitely had, yeah, that connection didn't start to build for me until I was a bit older Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, but having said that, Part of probably why I enjoyed it so much was that I had all this vocabulary that I'd learnt kind of almost mindlessly as a, as a primary school kid and that I had at my disposal when I wanted to be able to piece sentences together. So it's, you know, I can't, I can't work out what the, the relationship with that actually is kind of overall positive, I think. <laughs> Even though I didn't feel like yeah. I, I enjoyed it as a smaller kid, um, I definitely was able to make use of what I had learnt Um, when I was older and then that sort of combination of all of the things up to that point I think started building
0: the connection over time. So do you think looking back now that if you did have your time again that you would choose French again as the language that you would do at school? I think I am, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, well, is it
1: really a choice when you're a kid? Like I think I'm, I'm, I'm still glad that that was the language I had on offer. If that makes sense. That's I don't, a good way to phrase like, it, isn't it? It's yeah. not a
0: choice. It is. It's what's on offer. It's what's what's on available. Offer. Yeah. Mm,
1: and and that obviously varies school to school. Um, I am still glad that it was that French was the one I had on offer, and I'm glad that I had it available to me the whole way through school too. Because I know that that's not always the case for for lots of people. Like I was at the same school for my whole my whole time at school. So um, it was great that we could do it right through from prep till year 12. Um, But, you know, I mean, lots of other people have that sort of disconnect from starting at a primary school where maybe they did Italian or now Mandarin Chinese or, I don't know, a a different language. And then they move to another high school where that language is no longer on offer. Um, And so, you know, they'll move into something else. Um, So, no, I am, I am glad that, that French was the one that I had on offer and I've learnt a lot from it and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, But I I sort of wonder in the back of my mind too if it had just been something else, if it had been Italian or if it had been Mandarin Chinese, would I have developed that same connection? Like maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I mean with the force of time it might
0: have just turned out the same way. It might have. And that's that's the funny thing about this is how do we can't go back in time and undo it and see what would happen again because Mm. our time's been and gone. But it is interesting to to think about it, isn't it? And yeah, I know something we've talked a little bit recently on the podcast and with our guest Michelle Froller last episode was about developing an emotional connection with the language that we're studying. And I was thinking how difficult is it do you think for kids to develop a connection with the language if it's just thrust upon them like if it is like you said it's not really a choice it's sometimes it's just what is on offer um how tricky is it to develop a connection and maybe it's trickier for others than it is for some people um and maybe it does Depend on the language a little bit, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. It's a bit of a out there question, isn't it? Well, there's so many there's so many potential
1: factors at play. I mean, it can be, you know, sometimes it's just an inspirational teacher, <laughs> or yeah, or yeah. several inspirational teachers. Um, so I think that can be, especially for younger kids, because you know, and especially in Australia, we don't always have the opportunity as a young person to to travel to somewhere where we would. able to use a language that we're learning. Um, Some people do, some people don't Um, and so the the connections that we build over time with a language that we're learning at school primarily come from the classroom Um, if you don't have a family connection or an external connection of some kind with that language. So it's very, um, I mean, what what a load of responsibility for for language teachers at, at primary level. I <laughs> feel like it's huge, um, but you know, in trying to trying to get kids excited and interested and just have them learn something from the experience of um, taking, you know, have, having French or having Italian or having Chinese or having Indonesian available to them at primary level. Um, yeah, I think that's one very large factor. Um, and it's about making it more than more than just learning the language too. It's how is that related to a culture? How is that related to to life somewhere else? Mm. Um, and I think yes, I think probably some people have experiences of that where they fairly even if it's not very early on, but sometime in the middle, like for me it was definitely sometime in the middle. It wasn't very early on that I got that connection between the language and being able to go somewhere else, or being able to connect with people far away. Um, it was somewhere in the middle at high school where I realised that this was an opportunity to to see things differently and to go to somewhere and be able to take part in another culture. Um, and yeah, that that is just a whole a whole time period that you know. Bit by bit, it was sort of building <laughs> until until I could realise that oh, actually, this is interesting and fun, and yeah, it gives
0: me opportunities in life. But yeah, yeah. I don't know
1: what do, what do you think about that?
0: Well, I definitely agree with with everything you've said about um, you know, I guess the huge responsibility you know for teachers, I guess to you know to kind of create this this learning environment which really. Um, motivates kids to learn more about the language and the culture and not just the language and I think looking back at my experience I was lucky enough to get to go to Japan when I was 15 so I'd been learning Japanese for a couple of years and I got to go to Japan for a Girl Scout camp there was just a couple of Australians who got chosen to go across and we had uh, two weeks a week at the camp and then a week home stay in Tokyo and so Everything about this experience for me was completely opening and new and amazing, Um, not just the language side of things but the whole way of life. Um, And I think it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, to know whether that experience really at that kind of pivotal age, kind of that 15, I think I would have been in year 10 maybe, so coming up to the final years of high school and whether I – potentially might not have continued the language if I hadn't have had this kind of eye-opening um, mm. insight into the culture of the country, of the language that I was learning. Yeah. and that's, So it, it's how do you replicate that though for kids who don't have a chance to get to another country where the language is spoken? Um, I definitely think we're lucky now that, we can replicate and have these experiences in such a different way through the internet. Mm. Um, you know, through experiencing things in a much more kind of virtual way than back in the nineties, we just did not have that. So I think, I think that's a real positive. And definitely having so much more
1: media available to to us and to to kids at school as well now. Like I know that recently. Um, I was reading some information about how there's been a real increase in uh, younger people wanting to learn Korean because of
0: K-pop. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Which yeah.
1: um, like and I think that, you know, in Japanese culture too has always been or well, has been a, a pretty big driver in getting kids to learn Japanese to be able to read uh, manga and yeah. watch anime. And that's a really cool way to be able to connect with with a culture from afar um but again it is it is a sort of an emotional connection it's something that you're interested in that really that drives you to want to be able to experience um the media in its in its original way so you know it's it's like being able to being able to read a manga in Japanese has something just a little bit extra to it than reading a translation in English
0: yeah yeah and um, much more meaningful for the child or the person who's experiencing that because it's something you know that they want to read and experience
1: (laughs) exactly yeah it's developing that individual motivation where it's not being it isn't being thrust on you and it's not even someone saying to you oh this might be a good idea for you like why don't you watch this or why don't you read this or why don't you check out this thing I found on the internet it's actually a kid driving or the student driving um, the interest in the language through the media that they've come into contact with. Mm. yep, yeah, flip everything on its head.
0: I know, <laughs> I know. So, if you were looking back now at your language learning experience as a student, mm. is there anything that you would change?
1: Um, I'm like I had a pretty good experience with languages generally, so, there isn't there aren't any huge things that I would change. Um but like I would have I probably would have persisted with Japanese. <laughs> cuz I I did Japanese at school too for a few years when I was at high school and I kind of gave up on it at about the end of year 10 cuz I had French and I was a bit done with Japanese at that point in my life. I don't really know why. I think I, I just felt it was a bit hard and I don't know, I was probably just enjoying French more at the time. Um, but looking back on on it now, I sort of wish I'd just kept going with it because I had the opportunity
0: there at school, so why didn't I take it? It's so funny because um, we're like the complete opposite because I <laughs> – I, um- at the same age, at the end of year 10, I stopped doing French <laughs> for probably similar reasons that you stopped doing Japanese. I was like, oh, this is hard. I'm not as into it. And
1: <laughs> but see, that's it. but that's quite an, a, a good example of actually just where your, you know, your motivation for a language because you're interested in other things. Like maybe for you it was that trip to Japan that just ticked yeah. you over. You know, it was like, you know, maybe up until that point you – you could have gone either way there was like yep, a fork in yep. the road and yep. that trip to Japan just just pushed you into the Japan camp instead of in well the Japanese into the camp, camp. Into yep. the, in, into, instead of into the French camp and for me it was just the opposite um but it goes to show that if you've got the opportunities available to you at least you have the choice to make and yes. I think that's probably a, um, a pretty important thing to, to actually have languages available. And to have more than one, I think, is a huge um, benefit. Um, yes. I don't want to say it's a luxury per se, but it's a definitely a huge benefit to be able to have the choice to pick. Um, and, you know, obviously we make, we make all kinds of choices in our lives. And just because you decide not to continue with a language doesn't mean you can't come back to it at another time. Yes, um, and we're
0: proof that that,
1: that yes. happens.
0: As adults, we can easily come back and, yeah, and exactly. have, a, have another go. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But it is like having a, at school level always having languages there and forming part of the curriculum and ideally having a choice um, so that, you know, there is you have that exposure to more than one language other than English Um is is important for kids and important for, I'm sure, their sort of global learning experience too.
0: So I've got this idea and I think wouldn't it be awesome if kids got to choose and kind of determine what language they were going to study more themselves mm. instead of, you know, perhaps their school offers French and Japanese, for example, but they've got this burning desire to learn Korean. Um, wouldn't it be great if that could happen? And I know it does happen in some schools. You can do, you know, the languages an extra subject in your own time, or you could um, do it on the weekends, like we know that kids have done in the past. But wouldn't it be cool that we, you know, capitalize on on um, the technology that we have available to us now? That if you've got a kid who's really interested in learning Korean, for example, that we can make that happen as part of the curriculum, because you yeah, know, there must a, be hundreds of kids I love that. that want to learn Korean. Um, yeah,
1: do you mean like so if you could like capitalize on the resources of like the language learning resources available for any language, basically for anyone in well, exactly. let's take Victoria as an example because that's where we both live. But if any student in Victoria could pick whatever language they want, that there would be resources available to them to. Totally, that language. Oh, it would be so cool. I wish if if that ever happened, I'd want to go back to school.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it would be, it would make. I think it would make heritage languages really accessible and um, maybe even more desirable for kids to learn as well. Mm. And it could help kids, I think, have a connection with the language that they're learning because a they've chosen it, and b they've chosen it because of some particular interest or calling to that language, whether, you know, their, you know, best friend is from Korea or they just love K-pop or their grandma speaks Ch- um, Chinese and they think it would be cool to, to learn some Chinese or whatever it is. Um, and, yeah, instead of, you know, suffering, not suffering, but <laughs> suffering <laughs> potentially could be the word through, um, you know, an hour and a half of French every week they could do the language that they are really driven to learn. Mm, I think that's, that's really cool. I mean, in some
1: ways, there is the ability currently to do languages that your school doesn't offer, at least at sort of high school level. So, um, I know that the Victorian School of Languages um, has always been sort of an option for what is essentially like it can be distance education i think they they run courses um after school or on saturdays um where you can take a like a language that isn't offered by your school as part of say the vce um and do it through them rather than doing it through your through your school yeah um, i know one
0: of my good friends did spanish all the way through to um year 12 because it was a heritage language but also her school didn't offer it but She was keen to obviously do it Mm. and she could do it through the Victorian School of Languages but she did have to travel um, to do it in person and I just wonder wouldn't it be great if we could use technology rather than not forcing but (laughs) making kids. Having the only, yeah, the only option is to have to go to
1: an in-person class.
0: But maybe you're right, maybe this does exist already um, that Kids can jump on and learn a different language,
1: um, especially these days. And we've we've seen we've seen just recently the 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 transition from just in person everything to having a lot of people online doing things via Zoom and and via any kind of video platform. Um, and you know, many people realizing that that's not so different. Um, sometimes that it's better for them and yep. suits them better um and although the human connection is really important too but it you know is, from yeah. a from an accessibility point of view being able to have classes online as, as we've discussed before is is a huge game changer but um at school level you know why not if it means that yeah, if it means that kids then. could do yeah more languages than they've been or, or different languages to what they've been offered in the past then you know I don't see what the I don't see what the the problem would be but I love that idea. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, well, if you're listening and you, you've had experience with this or you know someone or you know how it works, yeah, hit us up. We'd love to know. Mm. Um,
1: yep, it's been – this is a very interesting chat and has me, yeah, thinking about lots of different things that we could potentially do, but also, yeah, to see how, how things have maybe changed a little bit in, in the school world um, and whether that technology part might might play a bigger bigger role in the future
0: for sure. And it's kind of comforting too to look back isn't it and go look if we had our time again we're happy with what we chose we're not sure how it all happened (laughs) but we're happy with the outcome (laughs) regardless. (laughs) And also and also to know that still as
1: an adult like there's so much more potential it just because you finish school doesn't mean that you stop learning and you know there are more and more opportunities available to us these days but getting that initial exposure is really important um just to
0: have yourself be open to the the idea of learning languages yes for sure so thank you again for joining us on another episode of language chats um Please make sure that you have subscribed to our podcast so you don't miss out on other episodes as we release them fortnightly. Um, And if you're also interested, you can join Language Lovers AU, you can join our Facebook group, or you can subscribe to our newsletter. Um, Languagelovers.com.au is our website. Thank you so much for joining us again. And if you have enjoyed the
1: podcast, don't forget to leave us a review as it does help other language lovers to find us as well. See you next
0: time. See you Bye